Aloha and welcome to LDS Real People Real Lives podcast. I cannot believe that this is season two, episode 25. It is absolutely insane how you can receive an impression that will stay with you to do something on the behalf of the Lord. And then you finally do it and you stay true to the commitment and how it evolves and it grows. It's been an absolutely amazing journey. Thank you so much for your love and support. I love hearing from you. I learned so much from the uh, listeners. So thank you for always reaching out to me, whether it's through DM on Instagram or email. Um, Thank you for your love and support. And today's episode is going to be on defending the faith. So those that are returning, just much love and aloha. And those that are new, welcome. This week, I have contemplated how best to defend the faith as the Lord has called us to do in these latter days. My difficulty is always finding that balance of defending the faith without crossing over into contention, um, which we know is of the adversary. Contention just, you never get anything done arguing. We will never overcome the faithless claims against the kingdom of God here on earth by arguing, name calling, disparaging the other party, and or using the gospel to exercise unrighteous dominion. So in other words, this teaching I know to be true, and now I'm going to lambaste the anti-LDS viciously with my knowledge, wisdom, and faith. That sounds an awful lot like pride. I'm not going to pretend to be the know-all be-all on how to defend the faith, for that is the Spirit's job to guide us through these discussions. We need heavenly inspired guidance when we defend the faith with our whole hearts. It is only through the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, that we can defend the faith with power and utter permanence of truth. It isn't us that convinces and speaks truth to the hearts of man or woman. It is the Holy Ghost that speaks these truths as we share our testimonies and what we believe, for faith is undeniable no matter if they believe it or not. The truth is the truth, and it will always be the truth, no matter what they say or do. And I find comfort in that. So again, this week's topic is defending the faith. I felt super compelled to cover the topic, yet feel wholly unqualified to do so because I struggle with this. Um, But it's my wish that the Spirit can be with me as I attempt to pull the research, my thoughts, and the inspired knowledge shared together in a way that is easy for you It's also my greater wish that the Spirit will guide you while your mind and heart are open on how to best defend the faith in your own sphere of influence when necessary and sometimes even when called upon. There will be moments in time when we will be called upon to defend the faith and it's going to happen and it's going to happen frequently. Research has shown that anti-LDS rhetoric is escalating, especially since the 2000s, but more so since 2010 forward. And there have been words used by our leaders like exponentially to describe the elevated attacks by Lucifer. He will use any conduit that is available to him for purposes of unrighteousness and holy evil ways, for it is his sole purpose and goal to destroy the children of God and bring each of them to his miserable wasteland. He is cunning, evil, wicked, and the greatest con artist ever to roam the earth. We must be ready for he has had so much time to prepare and to hone his evil ways. We must be ready. 
Recently in General Conference, our beloved prophet, President Russell M. Nelson, has encouraged us to build our foundation of faith, to make our foundation of faith into a mountain, and to not be lazy learners and lax disciples. When you combine this instruction from the prophet of the Lord now, along with what Joseph Smith Jr. said about what it will take to be a disciple of Christ during this dispensation, it all makes sense. The prophet of God, Joseph Smith, said, Let us here observe that a religion that does not require the sacrifice of all things never has power sufficient to produce the faith necessary unto life and salvation. You put that together in partnership with what President Nelson said, and people can take all kinds of offense. I can hear now the offense being taken by both of these quotes from those in and out of the church. There were many who felt that the modern day prophet President Nelson was name calling. Is it really name calling when if his words strike your heart? Can you not self reflect on what you can do or need to do to become better? I guess that must be hard if humility is absent and pride has taken its place. We know with pride, nothing of value spiritually can be taught and grow within the person until the pride is stamped out and replaced with humility and submissiveness, which mind you, the world teaches us both of those traits are weaknesses, but for those of us who know better, it is mighty divine strength. In my research, I came across a very striking talk by Elder, and I'm most likely going to butcher his name, so bear with me, um, Elder George Clemengat. Uh He is a 70, and he gave a talk in September of 2017 called Defending the Faith. Um, he says that the Lord needs people who are willing and able to humbly, there's that word again, humbly yet firmly defend Christ in the kingdom of God on earth. We cannot do this pridefully, people. When there's pride involved, it never ever works. Humility and submissiveness is required to do the Lord's work. So why is that? It puts us squarely where our hearts and minds need to be in order to be guided by the Holy Ghost, for we know it's in our hearts and minds that we hear the Spirit of God. So allow me to share a story of a good friend of mine, Spencer Charles. He runs two accounts on Instagram called at Latter-day Help and his backup account is at Latter-day Help 2. I asked him to share a bit of his story with me as I felt it was important to include. And Spencer is about 16 or 17. He has a mountain of faith. I am so curious about how this mountain was acquired and built. I have so many questions, but he's very quiet and he's very humble. When I ask him pointed questions about his ginormous faith, his responses are typically, what am I talking about? You see, this faith he has seems to be so innate within him and natural. It's like it's his nature, and it probably is to have faith like a mountain. So here is a bit of his story. Um, I asked Spencer to record his story, but unfortunately his mic did not work. So I am going to be reading for Spencer. He says, I love to help others. And if you ever need a spiritual boost, just check me out on Instagram, Facebook, or Pinterest. I started at Latter-day Help because I have always been excited about helping others. I also made my accounts because I had a feeling to do so that didn't go away. I eventually gave in to the Holy Ghost and decided to make social media accounts and post church-related content on them. 
I was asked by LDS Real People Real Lives podcast to talk about how I use the gospel to face a trial in my life. So, a while ago, some people or person on Instagram was making fake accounts of me. I still don't know to this day why they did it. I think it was because I was spreading the gospel, but it couldn't have been anything really. If you search Latter-day Help on Instagram, you will see a lot of accounts, even though I only own two of them. I started to get depressed and saddened by this because I felt the Holy Ghost prompt me to make Latter-day Help. A few weeks went by and I was studying my scriptures and I read somewhere that those that endure to the end in trials will be blessed. It was hard, but I endured and just ignored the person or people making these fake accounts. I don't know why, but they eventually stopped. And a few days later, Todd, who owns Elk Valley Latter-day Saint Instagram account, contacted me. He wanted to know if I wanted to join spiritualcrusade.com and put my topics on their website. I accepted and now I've been able to expand my work even further. I feel that God blessed me with this offer for enduring the trial I had to face. Come to think of it, maybe God had this person or people make these fake accounts of me to test my faith and to see if I would continue spreading the gospel in the face of opposition. What compels me to keep doing what I'm doing is God. He has a work for everyone on this earth, no matter how big or small. If you listen for that still small voice in time, you will find out what God needs you to do. Thank you for listening to my story and thank you to LDS Real People Real Lives for letting me speak on your podcast. And again, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and the Spiritual Crusade website and app. Thank you, Spencer, so much for always being so real and so open and definitely so faithful. Again, Spencer can be found at Latter-day Help and at Latter-day Help 2 on Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook. And you can also go to spiritualcrusade.com or you can access the app at app.spiritualcrusade.com. Spencer is one of the people that I have partnered with to shine the light of Christ into the world for all those who seek of it. His content is inspiring and definitely strengthening for those of you who are seeking to supplement your spiritual tool chest, please consider finding Spencer online and following him. He is truly a soldier for God and Christ during these latter days. You know, Spencer could have handled that situation in a number of negative ways that would have derailed his efforts and his mission that he has been called to fulfill through the Spirit of God. But he chose to remain faithful and to follow Christ's example. What impressed me the most is his humility and willingness to submit himself to the work of the Lord. Thank you, Spencer, for all you do. You have touched my life deeply. You may never understand that, but we are eternal friends, and I look forward to meeting you one day. Using Spencer's or at Latter-day Help's example, he is fierce and has great conviction for his work on the behalf of the Lord. He struggled His canoe shook a bit from side to side as the inevitable waves and ripples came in, but eventually through his faith and trust in the Spirit of God, he was able to paddle with focus and determination to vigorously move forward in treacherous waters with the sureness of direction. 
This is the type of defense we need to give to Christ and his kingdom on earth. Recently in Come, Follow Me, we learned in Doctrine and Covenants section 71, verses 7 through 11, it teaches, Wherefore, confound your enemies, call upon them to meet you both in public and in private, and inasmuch as ye are faithful, their shame shall be made manifest. Wherefore, let them bring forth their strong reasons against the Lord. Verily, thus saith the Lord unto you, There is no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And if any man lift his voice against you, he shall be confounded in mine own due time. Wherefore, keep my commandments, they are true and faithful. Even so, amen. Confounded, of course, means to cause surprise or confusion, even defeat or to overthrow. Now use these words in place of confounded and you will get the meaning of the verses better. Wherefore, defeat your enemies, and if any man lift his voice against you, he shall be confused and overthrown in my own due time. Man, that hits powerfully, doesn't it? And what reassurances the Lord has given to us as we defend the gospel of Christ faithfully and willingly. We know that we're never alone, even though it may seem that we are alone. Going back to the talk by Elder Clemigat, he says, In the premortal existence, we possessed agency, reasoning powers, and intelligence. There we were called and prepared according to the foreknowledge of God and were initially on the same standing with our brothers and sisters. Let's refer to Alma chapter 13 verse 3 to support the statement from Elder Klebengat. It says, And this is the manner after which they were ordained, being called and prepared from the foundation of the world according to the foreknowledge of God on account of their exceeding faith and good works. In the first place, being left to choose good or evil, therefore they having chosen good or evil, therefore they having chosen good and exercising exceedingly great faith, are called with a holy calling, yea, with that holy calling which was prepared with and according to a preparatory redemption for such. Then in verse 5, it says, In the first place they were on the same standing with their brethren, thus this holy calling being prepared from the foundation of the world for such as would not harden their hearts, being in and through the atonement of the only begotten Son who was prepared. He goes on to say, However, equal access to the teachings of a loving heavenly home did not produce a uniform desire among us, Heavenly Father, Spirit, Children to listen, learn, and obey. Exercising our agency as we do today, we listened with varying degrees of interest and intent. Some of us eagerly sought to learn and obey. With war and heaven on the horizon, we prepared for graduation from our pre-mortal home. Trust was taught and challenged. Testimonies were born and ridiculed, with each pre-mortal spirit making the choice to either defend or defect from Father's plan. Imagine, even in heaven we were taught the gospel. We knew its efficacy of truth and light, yet still there were brothers and sisters that just didn't believe. If they did that in heaven, then of course we will run into that doubt and disbelief here on earth and in greater numbers with greater wickedness. Remember, this is the proving ground experience, this life. The separation of the wheat and tares. 
And there are some tares in the church who pretend to be wheat, whether they know it or not. Just because people are in the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints doesn't necessarily mean they're all in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to always remember, by the fruits of their labor, we shall know them. We will know who is following which God, Christ or Lucifer. Just as there is no neutrality here regarding the matter of eternal covenants, there wasn't any neutrality in heaven. We had to pick who we follow. Elder Klebengat teaches, those of us armed with faith in the future atonement of Jesus Christ, those energized by testimonies of his divine role, and those possessing spiritual knowledge and the courage to use it in defense of his sacred name, fought on the front lines of this war of words in heaven. John taught that though valiant spirit that though valiant spirits and others have overcome Lucifer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. End quote. We have successfully completed our premortal tour of duty in his defense. We became witnesses to his holy name and were proven in battle. So the Lord was assured of our hearts and courage. He called us the members of the house of Israel. Is this declaration still true of us today? Compliment contemplate that question for a moment. Do you feel that you are part of the house of Israel? Do you feel compelled to be an active part of the house of Israel? Our current battle is conflict of the minds, hearts, and souls of father's children, especially in anticipation of the return of our Savior and Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Yes, There are still children who need to hear the good word of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and there are many in the world who are curious, but there is an ever-widening gulf between the wicked and the righteous and a world that is in a moral free fall from the gospel of Jesus Christ. We regularly have doubters, naysayers, accusers, stating we are cult members and fanatics. No wonder there are people who mock us especially as we reconcile the church's restoration and the many mistakes made while executing perfect commandments from the Lord. We have imperfect people doing divine work on earth. Of course there will be mistakes, but what I have found is in those very mistakes, there is a learning process that has to take place that once completed places conviction of heart within that person's core as they struggle to imperfectly execute the commands of Christ in his kingdom. I have to choose to believe from my own experience that in the learning of executing Christ's commands, that there are lessons that we have to acquire during that process. As President Monson taught, we live in a time when we are surrounded by much that is intended to entice us into paths which may lead to our destruction. To avoid such paths requires determination and courage. Being passive about our faith and membership is simply not enough in this conflict. President Monson goes on to say, as we go about living from day to day, it is almost inevitable that our faith will be challenged. Do we have the moral courage to stand firm for our beliefs, even if by so doing we must stand alone? Think about that for a moment. Do we have the courage to defend the faith, 
even if that means temporally and physically we're standing alone. My wish is that all of us can say yes and become better at that. We are constantly within view of the spectators of the big and spacious building who laugh at us. They berate us. They look at us with derision. Do we have the moral courage and fortitude to defend the faith without falling into contention? Are you willing and able to have discussions with those who have honest questions? Are we willingly able to clarify and defend the teachings of the restored gospel and church of Jesus Christ here on earth? And it brings me to a quote by Elder Oaks who taught, Even as we seek to be meek, we must not compromise or dilute our commitment to the truths that we understand. So we have to find a balance. We have to find a balance between being humble and meek and being courageous and defending the good word of God. We must, absolutely must, become valiant. As President Monson said, once we have a testimony, it is incumbent upon us to share that testimony with others. May we ever be courageous and prepared to stand for what we believe, and if we must stand alone in the process, may we do so courageously, strengthened by the knowledge that in reality we are never alone when we stand with our Father in heaven. End quote. He uses the word courageously over and over, so what is the message here? We simply cannot be afraid if we need and want to be courageous. Simply being a member of the church doesn't seal the deal of valiancy. The Lord teaches us constantly to let our light shine through gospel living, yet a few people can hide their light under a bushel for whatever reason. Some will answer occasional gospel questions but hesitate to invite. I know I have been so woefully guilty of this, yet others look for opportunities to share the gospel and do so willingly. Can you honestly say to yourself that you are a proactive, valiant defender of the faith? There is always room for improvement. We don't berate ourselves into daily improvement. We encourage ourselves with great optimism. There is a difference. The Lord needs a host of true Latter-day Saints willing in a spirit of meekness and love to testify of truth when any aspect of the restored gospel is challenged. Are you ready for the call? I say anyone who is listening now and can hear my voice I believe you're ready. Let us focus on how to daily learn to defend that faith meekly and humbly, but with conviction nonetheless. And the sweet elder outlined a solid defense strategy that I'm going to cover. He says, number one, know whom and what to defend. A solid defense strategy is the foundation for a solid defense. We must deeply care just as the shepherd deeply cares about his flock. Those who know and live the gospel are filled with both understanding and a burning conviction kindled from worthiness and personal experience. They are more prepared to witness of the truth than those who have given attention only to learning how to give the answers. The second way we can create a solid defense strategy is to evaluate our fortifications. Follow the example of Captain Moroni. Honestly evaluate your strengths and weaknesses of your gospel understanding. Are you prepared to say, I don't know, but I will find out? Diligent study will help you gain the confidence and courage that you seek. 
You must be in it every single day. The third way is to fortify your defense is to strengthen your fortifications. After assessing your fortifications, begin a focused long-term study with the aim of making weak things become strong unto you. As Elder Kelbengat says, weary the Lord with the request that for every spoonful of daily effort, he will heap pounds of earth onto your defensive walls. Prayerfully read the scriptures, drink them in, take them into your soul and your very being. Lay hold upon the words and feast upon them. Elder Richard G. Scott said, When scriptures are used as the Lord has caused them to be recorded, they have intrinsic power that is not communicated when paraphrased. The fourth way we can prepare is to practice. Role play with the full-time missionaries. Go out on assignments with them, especially with new investigators. I practiced in my calling as ward missionary and online talking with people who are naysayers and doubters, but also discussing gospel topics with those who are genuinely curious. You can also role play with friends. You can role play alone in front of a mirror. You can role play with your family. You can pose hypothetical questions. All of this truly works. It's things that myself and my husband have done um, to be better ward missionaries. I believe that this helps us to become more comfortable about what we know and what we believe so that we can work for it and assemble the thoughts and the faith and the testimony together succinctly for the understanding of the listener. And this is where the spirit comes in. As you become increasingly prepared, you will wax stronger and stronger in your confidence as a witness of Christ. And there's nothing to say, I mean, there's nothing to replace confidence. Confidence um, in the in the Lord, in the Spirit of God, in um, the gospel comes through when you're talking. It comes through the Spirit. It comes through your body language. And um, it's definitely one of the greater traits that we can have as we're defending the faith is confidence. The fifth thing that we can do to prepare to defend the faith is to seek opportunities. You know, having prepared yourself, pray for opportunities to share the gospel, humbly yet confidently and if needed, defend the gospel. Pray for love for Heavenly Father's children, both in and out of the church. Pray that you will never experience indifference or resignation regarding personal doctrinal blind spots, but with faith in Christ, work to overcome them. Remember, faith is knowing enough to move forward without knowing everything. Faith precedes the miracle, and in this case, trust and have confidence in the Spirit of God, and then charge forward with courage. Be a proactive witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ where and when you can, and when it's needed. President Gordon B. Hinckley reminds us, It is not enough to be good. You must be good for something. You must contribute good to the world. The world must be a better place for your presence. In this world, so filled with problems, so constantly threatened by dark and evil challenges, you can and must rise above mediocrity, above indifference. You can become involved and speak with a strong voice for that which is right. And this is the invitation that President Nelson extended this last general conference. 
you know, is to not be lazy and lax learners, to be actively engaged. I've decided to become involved and speak with a strong voice. I started this podcast, then Instagram to spread the good news. And now I have partnered with several other powerful, powerful LDS members who have their own projects and resources to unify our lights unto the world for those who are seeking Christ and the word of God in their lives. They may know where to find it. Please remember that I can be reached via DM on Instagram. You can also email me at ldsrealpeoplerealllives at gmail.com. And you can access content on the LDS RPRL podcast page, as well as the link to the most recent podcast episode in my bio. Our new resource for you uh, is consider it a one-stop shop for all things LDS is spiritualcrusade.com. And you can get the app at app.spiritualcrusade.com. Com. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. Um, I know that defending the faith, we're going to be given more and more opportunities as time goes on. So it's so very important that we learn how to do this and learn how to do it in the ways that Christ did it, the ways that Captain Moroni did it, and all of the other wonderful examples that we have in the scriptures. Until next week, stay safe. Stay healthy and most importantly, stay faithful. And please, please, please remember to be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Until next week, much love and God bless.